Hello and welcome to Your Little Sister's Productions. Uh, missed opportunities. I forgot the name of the show. <laughs> well, we have two podcasts. We have two podcasts for anyone listening, so it's understandable. Yes, we have Two Guys With Love, which has two episodes out, and we will have another one out again. But this particular podcast is Missed Opportunities, where we talk about movies, and the movie we are talking about for the Christmas season is The Grinch. This is The Illumination 2018 2018 with Benedict Cumberbatch. So it's a computer animated one, which have we, we haven't done a computer animated movie, have we? Computer animated? I don't think so. Except for, I mean, Star Wars doesn't count, but. No, that just had a special effect. <laughs> We've done lots of special effects. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been listening, you know how Taya feels about special effects. <laughs> yes. So we have, um, yeah, so we're doing The Grinch. It was a really, this was recommended to us by Marlo. She's one of our listeners. She's also my sister. Shout out to Marlo. Yay, Marlo. Um, <laughs> she's also the winner of one of our prizes. Yeah. She, nails. Yeah, she won the Color Street Nails. And so speaking of contests and prizes, we do have a new uh, contest coming out. Check our social media for that. It is Your Little Sisters Productions on Facebook and Instagram. Still working on Twitter. We should probably stop saying that. We just never know how to Twitter. <laughs> Twitter has been giving us problems. If you know how to bypass certain things on Twitter, it's saying that we're not real. <laughs> we don't exist, guys. <laughs> Twitter is refusing to believe that we exist. So um, if you know how to bypass that, let us know. But yeah, Instagram and Facebook, we're pretty active on. We will answer always, and we have a bunch of different things going on our social media. Um, we don't always mention them on the podcast because it changes. Right. But go ahead and check us out. Give us a like. Follow us. Let your friends know about us. And suggest movies, please. Yes. We love to do them. We love to hear you guys' suggestions. We love new movies. Um, this movie is one of my new favorites, honestly. I really like this movie. I am a sucker for the original Grinch and How the Grinch Stole Christmas movies and the cartoons and the book. I love Dr. Seuss growing up. I just will always love Dr. Seuss and the books. And um, this is the second adaptation of this, <laughs> of the original movie. There was a Jim Carrey one um, a while back. I don't remember what year, but... It was a while back. And it was a live action one. Mm-hmm. We'll just go ahead and start. We found a couple of things that could have been done better and... The four main things that we thought we could have been done better for this one or that were missed opportunities. So because The Grinch is such a short book, um, in order to make it a full-length movie, you have to add filler. And the filler that they chose, especially compared to, well, compared to the live-action version, I actually prefer this version's filler. <laughs> yeah, so do I. We are going to mention the original cartoon Grinch and the Jim Carrey one just because... They all stem from the same source, which is the book by Dr. Seuss. So it's kind of hard to talk about one without being able to mention the others. Yeah, like com you have to compare them. <laughs> because when you go into a movie like this, we have uh, most people have grown up with The Grinch, the original cartoon, or The Grinch Stole Christmas, um, original cartoon. And then a lot of people, as they became adults, saw the Jim Carrey version. And so that has nostalgia for people. So going into a project like this, you're going to have the nostalgia factor. You're going to have people comparing it to the original. It depends on what filler you prefer. Um, 
so we'll throughout this whole thing we're going to talk about basically the filler of this film some of it was really good and i really enjoyed it others not so much <laughs> the goat i'm gonna say didn't enjoy <laughs> so you have to explain the goat okay so in in the film should we do a recap of everything oh yeah so in case you've never ever read the book or seen any grinch movies which you never know there could people were astounded i'd never seen jingle all the way so it could be that you that that's a thing and no no blame, no shame. Yeah, no blame, no shame. <laughs> but if you've never seen it, there's this Grinch, and he's kind of green and furry, and he lives up on this mountain. mountain in a cave, and he has a little dog named Max, and down past the mountain is this village called Whoville with all these people who are, they're not like humans. Right, they're Whos. But they look kind of human with a few features different. And they love Christmas. They make a really, really big deal out of Christmas. They hold hands, they stand around a tree while holding hands and they sing this little Christmas song and it, it, it's, it's a huge production and in this version this year the mayor had decided to make Christmas was it three times bigger three times bigger three times bigger well this just rubs the Grinch who lives up in the cave all by himself the wrong way because he hates Christmas in the 2018 version we are covering he hates Christmas because he grew up in an orphanage and one year for Christmas everybody got presents except for him that really upset him and he ran away and hasn't had a Christmas since. So he hates Christmas. He really hates this time of the year. And he gets the wonderful, brilliant idea to steal Whoville's Christmas. And how he's going to do that is physically, like legitimately go down and steal their Christmas trees, all their decorations, all their presents, all their food relating to Christmas, anything Christmas he is going to steal with the help in this movie. And I have to keep saying in this movie because it's different in every movie. In this movie with the help of Max, his dog, and the reindeer helps. Yeah, Fred. Fred, this reindeer, who he kind of adopts for a short while, helps him also steal it. Um, but then he sees people still come out and celebrate Christmas and realizes that Christmas is not just about the food or the presents or the decorations, but about something more. And his heart grows, how many sizes does it get? Four? No, it's three. Three. His heart grows three times bigger, three sizes larger, because he had a little tiny tiny little bean of a heart before and he brings all their things back and celebrates christmas with them in the end and is a changed grinch right so it's kind of like christmas carol in the whole change of heart like hate christmas at the first he's he's a bit of a scrooge character yeah so it's i don't know it's a really it's a great book if you've never read dr seuss's children's book really good and um this particular version of it I really like because well as we'll, we'll talk about it but this particular version with the filler so in the original book like I said it's a children's book it's a very short and it's just a rhyming book that kind of is just a, a, a poem and kind of goes through everything in the original cartoon that they did they basically just read you the book and then you see it happen on screen as the book is kind of being read to you through a narration. Um, with the uh, live action version, they kind of skipped over the narration and it was just, um, they had a backstory for him. It was much more uh, in depth in depth into his character and into everything that um, he went through and why he was the way that he was. And his change of heart was more comical, I feel like. And then when he comes back to be with the Who's and stuff, 
they're really the problem, you know, in, in mm-hmm. that version. In this version, I feel like it's just kind of the idea that people aren't paying attention. And he's not, you know, and the people that are paying attention, like his little friend, because in this version he has, there's a guy that lives kind of on the edge on the edge of the of Whoville, and so the Grinch has to walk past his house every time he goes to Whoville, and he thinks that they're friends, and the Grinch is laughing. He actually thinks we're friends, you know, and um, he always reaches out and says hi, how you doing, invites him over for stuff. The Grinch doesn't respond. Yeah, yeah. so um, I kind of like that better. <laughs> To be honest, I like that filler of he's choosing to be alone because he hated being he hated when he was alone and he didn't anticipate it. And so now he's just anticipating being alone and making it so he's always alone. Um, So it is kind of his own fault, but it's it's other people's fault for, you know, I feel like the blame of why he is the Grinch and why his heart is small is kind of dispersed a little better than in the live action version. Yeah. And I and I and I enjoy that better because he at the end he makes a speech of like he thought he hated Christmas but he didn't actually hate Christmas, he, he hated, hated being alone. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people can relate to. And it's really funny sometimes we give ourselves if we anticipate something that we hate, sometimes we'll put ourselves in the position of being in that position that we hate. We say we hate this thing but that thing keeps popping up and it's because we are so stuck in the mindset of I hate it because it always happens to me but it might always happen to you because you put yourself in that position not for everything in life I wouldn't say absolutely everything is like that but in his situation he could have had friends he could have had Christmases you can see that with that one friend particularly who would invite him over and think they were friends because that friend had parties that other people came to yeah and they would socialize so it was very much he thought that he, it was just his lot in life to be alone. Well, and that he was better off alone because if you, have, if you have expectations of not being alone and then you are, it's going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. Which is what happened when he was a little kid and that's why he ran away to the mountain. He was so excited for Christmas and then when Christmas didn't come, it broke his heart and shrunk it down. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's part of the filler is is his backstory and him not not being friends with um the guy that's trying to be his friend um other part of the filler is he goes and looks for a reindeer and there's a random goat which we <laughs> will discuss so okay so he's looking for a reindeer um and so he goes out and he does a he has a horn that is supposed to be a reindeer call horn like a mating call and he blows it and no reindeer show up. But then randomly this little goat shows up and then it screams and it kind of weirds him out because it's a screaming goat. And it's like a human scream. It's not like bah or anything. Like it's scream. And <laughs> like, and then he goes and like traverses this freezing cold and it talks about like how him and Max are like, he can't blink because the wind is blowing his eyes open and everything. And then all of a sudden they, they come to this opening and there's hundreds of reindeer everywhere. And he's like, yay, we have all these reindeer. And then the goat comes and scares them all off with its scream. And it's just weird. It's really weird. And it's really random. And, and I don't know why the goat is there. I said, I thought it was because, so this movie was done in 2018 and for a long time, there's been this trend of screaming goats. Like, on YouTube, there's videos 
I know one one of the more popular ones that have crossed my way is where it's Taylor Swift's song. Oh, I can't remember uh, which one it is, but they put a screaming goat in there for just one part of it. <laughs> so, oh, I wish I could remember which one it was now. Anyway, but if you look up Taylor Swift's screaming goat, you'll find it. And that blew up. That went viral until a bunch of other ones also started coming out. Of, like, where they would insert the screaming goat into, like, certain songs. Like, maybe when the singer goes really high or something. And it became a meme. Like, me trying to reach the high notes and to be a screaming goat. I think it was because they were trying to just go with a trend. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, is a missed opportunity of... It's really difficult to put... Well, not it's, it's not difficult to put trends in. What happens with that is it's difficult for it to stay relevant beyond right. that trend. You're putting in something that in a couple years, very few people will still be on top of. Those videos might still not be going viral. Like right. It's going to be a thing that goes away eventually. Movies that and, and stories that stay classic, yes, they have their whatever society and culture, but they don't put in like these specific trends that go away. Yeah. Especially now... Trends come and go so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't... Because if you look back on, like, the 80s, you think of, like, the crazy hair and neon color and rock music. And the 60s was the hippies and 50s was poodle skirts. We don't really have that anymore. We don't have a decade where it's one sing- singular fashion that overtook everything and one trend of something. We have so many. Yeah, now it's, like, done by year rather than decade. It is. It's done by year, and it's also done by what part of the culture you listen to or are a part of yeah the pop culture itself has split into so many different things that there's no longer like a pop culture there's like punk pop culture and there's insta pop culture and k-pop k-pop culture <laughs> and like there's and anime fan and anime pop culture and nerd pop culture and so yep. there's so like you can't just be a fan of pop culture anymore yeah you have to be a fan of certain genres of pop culture (laughs) and so putting trends in is really dicey yeah because you can't reach everybody it's not sustainable you know it it dates things yes you know and so forever that movie will be dated with the screaming go era just because and now and you don't have to pay attention to and think anything of it you could just watch it and just okay it's a screaming go that like scares them away so i don't think you made the movie horrible i don't think it was like the biggest yeah thing, it, but it was something that dates it yeah it, it didn't ruin anything it, because i mean once the trend is over and we and like kids have no idea about screaming goat like it'll just be a weird odd thing you know and and there's nothing wrong with a weird odd thing especially in a dr seuss movie you know <laughs> so it's like i get it and it's fine it's just a weird choice for me like for filler um yeah the other filler that they chose to elongate the story is Cindy Lou. So in the original book, Cindy Lou is just a toddler who wakes up when the Grinch is trying to steal her Christmas tree. And she's so sweet and innocent. And she asks him why he, you know, why. He's dressed up as Santa Claus. We forgot to mention that. Well, yeah, that's how he steals Christmas is he dresses as Santa Claus and has a Santa sleigh and everything so that if he ever gets caught, people will just think he's Santa Claus. Which he does. Cindy Lou catches him. And um, and, and in the original, and the book, and in the original cartoon, Cindy Lou is just this little toddler who he... She doesn't change his mind or make him rethink anything. Um, she just is this 
a sweet spirit and she is naive enough to believe that he um, is Santa Claus taking her Christmas tree to repair one of the lights. And in this movie, they give her a spunky personality. You know, she's everybody in town knows her. She's kind of the leader of her little friend group and she's spunky. Her mom is a single mom and she's working really hard and so Cindy Lou has a letter for Santa. She uh, slides around the town with a hockey stick and a uh, inner tube. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what it's called. Um, yeah, with an inner tube and a hockey stick to, to like guide her. And, you know, she's just this little spunky kid. And it's very different from the original version. But it's it's cute. She decides that she wants to send a letter to Santa Claus. However, what she wants to talk to Santa Claus after she hits the Grinch with her inner tube, he says, well, if it's really so important that you get your letter to Santa, why don't you talk to him in person? So she first wants to go to the North Pole, but then she realizes it would take her a month to get there and she would miss Christmas. And so she instead decides to trap Santa. And so it kind of goes into the Santa trap, which is a... Christmas movie that's been done a thousand times. So that's one of the fillers that they choose. The problem with that, and that this is actually one of the things we wanted to talk about. The problem with that idea for the filler is that it takes away from Cindy Lou being a a naive toddler who's innocent and believes his lie that Santa Claus is taking the tree to the North Pole to fix the light. It, it leaves a bit of a plot hole that they still try to have her believe that lie, but it doesn't make sense anymore with her new character. Right. Like, she's too intelligent, too conniving and spunky to just believe that. Yeah. They, yeah. they kept they kept the same lie, so if they changed the lie or just had him yeah, like, not be caught in that moment at least like they but they kept it the same but they changed her character so it didn't really make sense it kind of made her and she does say something she says something like oh i didn't know you did that like she's kind of questioning and doubting him yeah because they had to put that in there because of her personality but she's not suspicious enough yes the way that i feel like her character would be in in any other situation it's like they wanted to keep something from the original but it just didn't fit with their new version of Cindy Lou, which we both like. We really like the new Cindy Lou. Yeah, and it's like, I don't... I love the idea of just a sweet, innocent person making the Grinch kind of second-guess himself. It doesn't work, obviously, because he goes through with it, and then eventually he... It takes them singing, and it takes, you know, them not valuing their um, presence more than the spirit of Christmas. That's what changes his heart. Um... But in this version, they give her sort of a a speech for him about the singing and like all of your sadness goes away when you close your eyes and listen to everybody sing the Christmas carols, you know, and I really love that moment. I think it's beautiful, but I don't think it fits with the like, like they should have just gone with that story and had her catch him before he starts stuffing the tree. Like Mm -hmm. he should have taken the cookie the first thing. Um, And so, but so, so that I just think is a little muddled because it's like you have this new Cindy Lou who is spunky and really smart and sets up an entire plot with her friends and this big long contraption to trap Santa, you know, and 
yet somehow she believes that he's shoving her Christmas tree up the chimney to repair the lights, you know? So I, I don't, I like the innocent little toddler, but I also like this version, but I kind of feel like this version of Cindy Lou belongs in like the sequel, you know, like she's a little bit older. She's a little bit spunkier. I feel like had she already had this experience, this is what how Cindy Lou would have turned out rather than this is how she is before she had this experience. So I do like her and, but I do kind of feel like she's a little old for the part, which yeah. is weird because it's an animated character, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like The character's a bit old. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought her friend group was all really fun and sweet. I really like Cindy Lou's mom a yeah. lot. She's a good mom. And I was worried about that because I, I'm kind of over the single mom trope and, and everything like that. But I then feel... fe- them being stressed and, yeah. t- and their kids feeling that stress. And they still feel the stress, but it's not because the mom puts it on them. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm kind of... Yeah, you know, like, it's a really popular trend nowadays to put that in there. However, and so I was really worried about it when I first watched this movie, and I was like, oh, great, it's another one of of that, like, single mom stress, and it's like, I don't know, it makes me stressed (laughs) to watch it, so I'm like, I don't want to watch it. You feel the stress of their stress. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, I don't want to watch this, but I actually really loved the mom in this movie, and the family dynamic that she had, and the, the way that she dealt with Cindy Lou I really loved. I thought yeah. she made, and I liked um, how she was the one that explained to Cindy Lou that the Grinch didn't steal Christmas; he stole stuff. And yeah. I loved that she was the one that did that because that was something I feel like was missing in the live action version. <clears throat> and and it's obviously not a thing in the cartoon because it's not that long. But <clears throat> in the live action version, Cindy Lou is the one that's kind of pointing out how materialistic everybody is being. And the parents eventually come around, but for the majority of the movie, the parents are just adding to the materialism that is bothering Cindy Lou. And in this one, I really liked that her mom was, you know, they created an angel for the, for the tree. They, they were, she let her daughter go. She's like, Oh, well you're just going to walk to the North pole. Cool. Like, See you in a month. We'll miss you for Christmas, but, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I really like the way that they handled her character. She wasn't stereotypical to me. She was a a joy to watch. And I think that's kind of the difference is, even though Cindy Lou, the whole subplot is that she wants to talk to Santa so that she can tell Santa... um, To help her mom be happy. Yeah. Because... And we're not trying to put an expectation on single moms or any parent, really, that are going to be perfect all the time and, like, stress will never get to you. It's, we just appreciated seeing another way that people deal with stress. She dealt with stress. She talked about with other people. She mentioned how, how she how she was so exhausted. I can mm-hmm. talk. Um, you saw that she was exhausted, but she still tried to be there for her kids in the best way she could. And it's just an everyone deals with stress differently and we've seen a lot of the same way of people dealing with stress yeah this is a new way of people dealing with stress and that might be really relatable for some people who either had moms like that or are that parent or that person who that's how they do that yeah I I just liked the way that they handled her character and I was really worried because I was thinking oh it's just gonna be another (laughs) stressful sad sap story but it wasn't she was 
and and I love the fact that like during the Christmas dinner at the end of the movie, um, Cindy Lou introduces the Grinch to her aunt, and her aunt is holding the twins, the the her siblings, and so you know that. And, and she talks to the bus driver and the bus driver talks about how Cindy Lou left her hockey stick in the bus and stuff. So you know that the community is taking care of the family. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it, of like people are taking care of the mom. And so the mom, and that's why Cindy Lou wants her mom to be happy and wants to talk to Santa about it is because she sees how much her mom does for everybody else. And what she, but what she doesn't see is what everybody else is doing for her mom until the end. And then she figures it out, you know, like it's, she gets the help that she needs. The Grinch is also part of the help that she needs. And he, during the credits, like the credit scene, you see him building all, cause he can build all these devices. He builds her devices to like do the dishes for her and stuff like that. So it's really cute. I, I liked the way that they did that. So yeah. And yeah. I love seeing community support as well it really does like the whole like it takes the village to raise the child it takes the village that you choose you know it's not always bus drivers and things but in whoville everybody knows everyone right yeah so it's okay <laughs> for that but i love seeing that the who's are so community driven so just kind enough to help each other out yeah so i i really like that so that's kind of our take on what they did with cindy Lou and her filler backstory I didn't think it was uh, absolutely necessary, but I can see where it came from as far as they wanted to give uh, her a punk, a spunky, <laughs> a spunky personality. And then they also like, okay, well, why is she awake? Why would she, you know, what, what wakes her up? Well, she could set a trap for Santa, you know, well, why would she set a trap? She needs to talk about something important. Well, maybe her mom is a single mom. You know, like I can, I can see it. I, I get it. You know, like I see how the story came to be. And, um, I think there are a lot of worse ways that they could have done the filler. And I, I actually enjoyed that aspect of it, even though I understand that people didn't like it, you know, like I wouldn't fault somebody for being like, Cindy Lou is, you know, too old or too tomboyish to really be true to the original character. I get it, but I also still really liked her and I liked the way they did the mom. I liked the way that they, I liked the way that they handled her whole family story. The narration. Yeah, it was really inconsistent. Yeah, so the narration of the original one, like I said, they basically just read the book to you. So, yeah, in the cartoon, they it goes back and forth between, like, someone will say something and then they'll literally read a sentence or two of the book. It's kind of, and it, well, it's not kind of like it is, it's just scenes from the book in moving form. Right, it's just a narrated... <laughs> a narrated story that you can see pictures of. Um, of course, the live action that did away with the narration altogether, the Jim Carrey version, and it just showed the movie straight through. So this movie kind of tried to do something in between where it was a movie on its own, but also had narration like the original, but they changed so much from the book. Yeah, the narration was, it was, yeah, I, I can't even explain it. Sorry. The narration was not the same from the book. They added a whole bunch of stuff, obviously, and it came in at random times. And but then they would go back to what was originally in the book, and it led to a lot of continuity errors. Specifically, one, one is like um, in the book, it says, you know, the Grinch hated Christmas, something, something that rhymes, and then like no one quite knows the reason. And then it literally goes into the reason why, <laughs> like the movie goes into the reason why. 
he doesn't like Christmas. And it has a whole backstory of to why he doesn't like Christmas and everything like that. And it's like the point of that sentence was that he didn't have a reason for disliking Christmas. He didn't have a reason other than he was the Grinch and he just didn't like the Who's. And yeah. they were really, really happy during Christmas. During Christmas. And they made a lot of noise in the cartoon. Like, noise, noise, noise. He really yeah. hated the noise. And it said in the book, I remember now, it was like, maybe it's that his shoes were on too tight. Mm-hmm. And maybe like this or his that. His head wasn't just right. Screwed on yeah. just right. Or maybe it was that his heart was three sizes too small for his body. But it's, th- those are all maybes. It never gives a legit. Yeah, it's kind of like, but I think it was because his heart was two sizes too small. And so it's, that's the reason why he doesn't like Christmas is because his heart is two sizes too small. And that's the kind of what we accept because at the end his heart grows and it breaks the little heart of meter. And, but then when you give him, when you have that line literally in it and then show. you show it, it was just kind of weird. It was, it was like, wait, yeah. I know, like I understand why they wanted to have narration from the book in there, but I feel like they could have chosen their words a little wiser. Yeah. The narration no, that they put in there. Um, because it was weird because a lot of the narration sounded a lot newer. It didn't sound Dr. Seussy had just rhymed. Mm-hmm. Because in the Dr. Seuss, you have, like, words that aren't actually words. Like, fun dangos and blown dangos and, like, just anything that rhymes. And uh, it's kind of weird to have those words and those, like, like the weird... Dr. Seussiness of it gone <laughs> and have just like kind of this straight narration of it that is just a rhyme. Yeah. And then also have some random words that are back to the original. It just kind of gets a little cluttered. Okay. So you can't have a Grinch Christmas movie without the song You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. I won't sing it because I don't know if it's copyrighted or not. <laughs> so I'm not even going to like sing any words, not even a note. But it's a classic. It's wonderful. It plays on Christmas radio. It's a really fun Christmas song about how mean Mr. Grinch is and how he's all these awful, awful things that I can't remember the words to. But it's silly and fun. So the original cartoon has this guy who sings. He's very... Like, very much a bass voice, very mm-hmm. low. He sings the song. I was about to sing it. I can't. And <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, the live-action one does have it, and I don't remember w- what that take is, but I know the live-action with Jim Carrey I think a woman it. sings it in that one. I'm not, I, don't, I haven't seen that one in a long time. I Same. watched it recently, but I was watching kids, so I didn't get a whole lot of it <laughs> but yeah. I don't I know it's in there and I know it's not the original one it's they redid it I'm pretty sure so they also redid it for the Benedict Cumberbatch one. Oh my gosh so you guys I am in, I have been a music major in college and one thing that really I I'm, I as a music major especially someone who's like how I've I've done beginning voice training for people who were just starting out and singing I've been singing a long time I am I feel like I'm very forgiving to people because I'm not a perfect singer I'm not out here saying like I'm this great singer or anything I'm perfect in technique I'm not I love it 
and that's about it. And if you love to sing and you want to sing, that's great. But I will say the one thing that bugs me more than anything, almost, almost anything, is when people are flat consistently. And flat means under the note, under the pitch. And they got someone who I believe, he said he was a, a rapper, professional rapper. I think so. I, I don't know if it's Pharrell Williams or not. I would have to look it up. But Whoever it is. They, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the producers just didn't hear it or if they just couldn't get more takes for whatever reason or what. But whoever, we should have looked it up before this. I know. <laughs> but whoever did it was flat consistently the whole way through. And it's just, the music was really slow too. So it was drawn out, like the flatness was drawn out. Yeah. <laughs> see me. And I think this is a new trend because I was in the store the other day and on the radio came not, not that song, a different song, but it was the same thing where the person was kind of speak singing it, but they were flat. They were under the note that they were supposed to be singing because they were speak singing it like the person does in the, this new one. But I'm actually looking up their name right now. So I don't know who Tyler, the creator is. He's a rapper, right? That sounds really familiar. He is. This is a part of pop culture that I'm not familiar with. <laughs> I will. I will also admit I'm not very. I've heard of him. I will say I know he exists. I've heard of him. He's a music artist that's really popular with elementary school demographic. Hmm. So he's really popular with kids. So I can see why they would get him to do this movie if he's really popular with kids and it's a kids movie. I don't know if he's a rapper or if he's just like a creator that they were like, you can just speak sing it because speak singing is easy. But he was just under the note. So I don't know if they just gave him the wrong Maybe key. that's his style or something. It might be his style. It's a new trend. Like I said, I was in the store the other day and someone there had a song playing where someone was speak singing but flat the entire time because it was a well-known Christmas song that they like redid. Yeah. And they always do it slower so it's just longer for me to sit there and listen <laughs> or shop and listen. Um, but that is, in my top three things of things that bother me with, with professional singers coming out, not just people who sing because they like it, but people who are putting out and getting paid to do professionally, being flat on every single note annoys me. I would agree with that. You can go flat and sharp every now and then. That's perfect. Like, that's what happens <clears> as humans. Yeah. But every single note. I, I'll be honest, like, I'm not super into music or the logistics of what is good music or not. I'm very opinionated on it, <laughs> but I don't actually have a whole lot of training in music. However, I didn't really like this song, this version of it, and it might just be because I love the original so much and it has a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, I've heard, like, a lot of people uh, cover this song, you know? Yeah. And I feel like there's always a fine line between um, being true to the original and putting your own take on it. And I feel like it's always hard to, to do that, um, especially with one that is so iconic with a low, specific voice. Like, he has a very distinctive voice. Yes. <clears throat> the original recording artist. And so it's always hard to redo it. So I feel like what this person did was they just made it their own 100%. And I don't I like that style. <clears throat> it's just not my style. Sorry, Tyler, the creator. <laughs> it's just not my style. Um, so I, because I was watching this and there are 
there are parts in this movie that are synonymous with the original having the song play during that time. Even in the Jim Carrey version, um, the song plays at certain times. It's when he's plotting everything, when he's making the Santa Claus costume, and when he is stealing the gifts. Those are the times in the original, and I'm sure there's more that I'm just forgetting, but like those are the times when we really know that that song is playing. It's the background. It's the whole scene, basically, <laughs> is that song playing while he does these things. And they didn't do that for this one. It only plays one of the times when he's plotting instead of all three, which I was sad about because I really wanted to hear that Grinch song. But then I didn't like this version of the Grinch song, so I was actually happy that they didn't do it like three times. They play, they, they have different songs playing throughout the whole throughout each scene and it only plays the Grinch one once which I was kind of happy about I'll be honest sorry um, Tyler the Great. we really don't mean to be me everyone has different tastes and styles and yeah this, this is ours it's just not yeah just not my style which is really funny because typically we disagree on stuff so we both agree <laughs> not our style yeah other than that song I really love the music in this movie yeah, I love like I would want the soundtrack because there's just a lot of really good. I don't know how they got like they got a lot of um, licensing for this. I mean, they obviously use Christmas carols a lot, but then they he plays like all by myself on the organ, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I want I was about to sing part of that too because it's really fun to sing in a funny voice. I'm pretty but... sure you can. I don't think we'll get all caught. by myself. You better not have been flat, or else it'll be really funny. <laughs> I was not flat, but I was also not singing seriously. <laughs> Whatever key I was in, I was, I'm pretty sure I was on pitch, but I was not singing. That's not how I sing, typically. Yeah. <laughs> that was me being silly and dramatic. Because Which is always fun. That's my favorite song, to be silly. Like, I would love to do a karaoke where I just, like, go all ham on it. Right. It's so funny. <laughs> that is one of the ones to do. Um, just like get on the floor and like yeah. arms up and really built and just yeah. yeah. So that's why I had to do, do like that. a knee slide and yes. stuff. <laughs> and that's kind of the vibe that he had when he was playing it on right. the organ. It really was. It was funny. Um, on that note, like going like the music in this movie, I really enjoyed. I really love that they used Christ centered. Christmas carols because yes. they, they they mix them in with a lot of the different ones, but they the townspeople the choir is like stalking him to <laughs> God rest you merry gentlemen. Which is we talked about this, and here's the thing, I'm it's a Christmas carol, so it's free, right? Yeah. God rest you merry gentlemen. Da 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 da. It has that beat. Da 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 da. It has that. And they like stalking him, and they're like, "God rest ye merry gentlemen." And they're like up and down. They literally go up and down with the beat. So we were talking about how this song, and actually, there's a lot of. If you hear like darker toned Christmas music, it's typically about Christ. We have We Three Kings. We have O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We have God rest ye merry gentlemen, or some of the darker toned ones. And we were like, they're like kind of good stalking songs. They have like the right beat for da 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 to like right. Stalk, it's like, like almost take like a step every like yes. <laughs> it it sounds like they it could be an attack, and so I thought it was just really funny that it's a song, of course, about for for people who celebrate Christmas as Christians and celebrate it as the birth of Christ. Um, I love that they ha put those in along with. Like the more, and I love all Christmas music. I love Christ centered and I love 
like the poppy, the funny one, the yeah. fun one. I love it all. Happy ones, and they um, they love that they it. mixed it. And they I also it. really love that they use that a Christ-centered one as the stocking. <laughs> <laughs> and this is coming from from me. We're both Christian, and this is coming from Christians. Like we thought it was hilarious that they I used loved it. it. <laughs> I love that they did that. And then there's a time when he um he's trying to steal the sleigh off of his not friend's house, and they he's you know his friend is having a party, and yes. they're singing. Silent Nights, and, and so there's a couple of times, and, and then um, Oh Christmas Tree plays in the background, mm-hmm. which is also a Christ-centered one, if you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I love the blending of it. I love the music. I like a lot of the arrangements of it, and I love, of course, um, the one that is in all Grinch uh, movies and adaptations oh, the one where they... is the, the Who song, which I don't even know what they're... I don't know it that well, so I, I I probably was out of tune there, which is funny. But it goes something like that. Something like that. And that's in all of them. It's in the Jim Carrey, it's in the original, and it's in this one. And, and they I, stand around and hold hands. And I do love it. And I don't know where it came from or why it exists, but I've only ever seen it in the Grinch and Whoville. Like. I think I think he must have put the lyrics in the original book or something, and people just wrote. Maybe. I read that book a lot when I was little, but I don't remember. Or they just <clears throat> all use it from the original movie. Yeah. I mean, if you can from the original movie, then do it. Because it, it, at this point, the nostalgia, it fits with the mood. It's just, I love it. So, I, other than um, the version of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, I really love the music in this movie. I thought it was done very well, very tasteful, and mixing in the Christ-centered ones with just the commercial ones that are fun. I'll never hear God Rest You Merry Gentlemen the same again. I'll always think of like the, the it's because it's carolers. Yeah. We're going around and we're trying to catch the Grinch so they can carol to him. Yeah. And, and then so it's I'll like always just see them. Three kind of... different groups of them are stalking him. I always picture that now of them just kind of popping out and stalking him down the street. It's so good. Like we're trying to give you Christmas cheer, dang it. Let us love you. <laughs> I think that was everything, wasn't it? Yeah, so I just have other ones that all kind of go in those categories, though. Um, So the filler ones that I had were Max and Fred. So like we talked about, he randomly finds a reindeer, and he randomly (laughs) befriends the reindeer, and the reindeer, like, sleeps in his room with him and Max, and it's, like, a whole big thing, and then the reindeer leaves, and it's, like, what was the point of that? Um, I do understand it because because of the backstory of the Grinch if he didn't have a family he was an orphan and then he gets this reindeer and the reindeer kind of becomes part of the family with him because they were about to go on a trial run when when he found his family when he found his family and so and then of course at the end the Grinch decides to um listen to the girl he closes his eyes all of his sadness goes away blah 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 his heart grows three sizes and he no longer wants to dump all of their Christmas. And so he, um, unfortunately, it, it falls off the cliff. And then the reindeer comes and saves him and pulls the sleigh and the Grinch back up onto the onto the mountain. So it all comes around and it's like, oh, the, you know, and the Grinch kind of realizes in that moment that, like, you can have a family and you can have friends. And, and it, you know, it's not like... One or the other. One or the other. He can still be friends with Fred, even though Fred has a family. Um, Because he didn't understand that before. So I did like it. It just was kind of (laughs) random, as filler choices go. 
Um, so we need to talk about the cookies. And then the reindeer finds his family and then he lets the reindeer go. So the reindeer doesn't actually help him steal Christmas. Um, so while Cindy Lou and the, they're trying to trap Santa and they have her friend, Grubert, um, dress up as Santa and then do the trap. Well, the trap doesn't work. It actually doesn't grab him. It grabs his suit, pulls his suit off and throws it out the window. And you come back and it shows this little boy who is now naked <laughs> holding a cookie in front of himself. And then he's like, so can I eat the cookie? And... I didn't love that scene, <laughs> not gonna lie. I'm sure a lot of people found it funny, but I don't know. Naked little boy just doesn't. I think that was a missed opportunity to just kind of leave it out, or at least like put him in like undies. I was gonna say he could have had like a, an undershirt and shorts or pants underneath the suit. Right, like normal. <laughs> like like normal, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I now, I had that same complaint about Brave, honestly, with the even though they were just baby bo babies, yeah, kind of toddler babies because they did so much. I was still like, but is that necessary? One one of the things I look for always is like, is it necessary? Like, did it need to be in the store? Like, could you could you have put them in clothes and it still be funny? And it could have still he could have had funny underwear. Yeah, he could have had funny something or other. His hair could have been really messed mm -hmm. up from the hat. Still, the nudity or not nude. He wasn't, we don't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he was naked was not necessary. It yeah. could have been something else that would have been really funny. Yeah. And wouldn't make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So some continuity errors when they change the narration. In this one, the Grinch plots out how much time he has with um, everything. He plots out you know, down to the hour, how much hours of darkness, how many houses he has and all that. And, um, uh, but, and then you have Cindy Lou who is trying to trap the Grinch by tying a string to the cookie that he's going to eat because Santa eats the cookies. Well, in the, um, and then they have a scene where he's <clears throat> training Max and Fred to not eat the cookies, to not be tempted by the presents. Don't be tempted by the cookies. My problem with this <laughs> is that in this universe, in the Whoville universe, Santa Claus is real. He's also real in this universe, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but so Santa Claus has to have come in order for all of the gifts to be there, right? Yeah. Santa Claus comes, leaves the gifts, eats the cookies and leaves. Well, in this version, Santa Claus... Like, all the gifts are there, so Santa Claus has been there, but several times he's tempted by the cookies, and eventually he eats her cookie. That's how he gets trapped. And so it's like, so Santa came and didn't eat any of the cookies? The real Santa. The like, real Santa. The real Whoville Santa. The, the real Whoville Santa <laughs> didn't, like, he came, left gifts, and didn't eat anybody's cookies? He's lactose intolerant. <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> sorry, that's another movie we'll it's be doing. Soy, it's soy milk. <laughs> you told me you were lactose intolerant. <laughs> sorry, that's a completely different movie. And we will be doing that movie because I'm insisting on it. <laughs> that's my pick. <laughs> that's yes. Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Uh, for Santa years Claus. I didn't know how to spell Santa Claus because of that movie. Yes, because it's clause, <laughs> like a clause in a contract. Yeah, but I was too young to know that same. when I was little. Oh, and no, no, so same. I just thought that's how you spelled Santa Claus. So. I still have to Google it because of that movie. 
well even, now even now I know red and they put it yeah now that I know that I can usually remember it doesn't have an e on the end because I always put an e on the end and I insisted that that was how you spelled it because of that movie <laughs> because and the whole point of that movie is that it's the clause of it's the clause of a it, it's spelled differently <laughs> anyways it's kind of like legally blonde yeah well no blonde is What is your question? <laughs> girl blondes and boy blondes are spelled differently. Like, if you're a girl that's blonde, it's spelled differently than the boy who's blonde, isn't it? No, legally blonde is a playoff of legally blind. I understand that, but <laughs> isn't blonde spelled... We're off topic. I'm sorry. I, Welcome I to the know. show. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about before, though. Oh, Not Santa Claus. So, anyway, w- did Santa Claus come or not? Because if he stole the gifts before Santa got there then that means that Santa was there and would have left them some gifts. If he, Santa Claus, just didn't eat any of the cookies at all of Whoville, that I have an issue with. Like, if they would have just, I don't know, Santa was smarter than Cindy Lou, so he didn't eat her cookie because her cookie had a string attached to it. But, nah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. (laughs) The real Santa Claus would have eaten other people's cookies, and he's tempted by the cookies several times. Okay. Blonde without an E is masculine. With an E, it is feminine because it's based off French. And in French, without no E is masculine and with an E is feminine. So if you're wondering, blonde and blonde, that, there you go. I've always spelled it with an E. I <laughs> Sorry, think, boys. <laughs> I think, spelling. I think in English, in American English at least, we do spell both with an E. But the reason I thought there was a difference is because of that. So, yeah. So, and Cindy Lou is blonde. There we go. There's our connection. She has blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's one time. So in the original story, the Grinch needs a reindeer. And so he looks at his dog, Max, and he takes antlers that he has on the wall and he puts them on his head. And the antlers are too heavy that Max can't hold them up. And so he just takes one antler and it's still too heavy. So he cuts off all of the different um spikes on the antler and so it's basically just like one little curve u of antler on on his tied on his head yes okay in this movie he just gives him one little u-shaped antler and just puts it on his head and that's it like why why didn't he give him bigger antlers like what was the point of the one little thing well, because this Grinch is nicer to Max than the other Grinches. He probably knew it would be too much for his little <laughs> head. Because it's a little dog. I know, but it's like you have all this other filler stuff. Like, you couldn't leave that part in. Come on. <laughs> but you know what they probably did is they probably did at least start to storyboard or animate it. And then it just got left on the editing floor. Probably. It's just, that was one of the things, like, he just puts the helmet on him and I'm like, why did you give him the crappy one? The reason why he has a crappy one is because, and the... The crappy one is iconic to the character. Like, they had to put it on him. But it was like, getting to it didn't make sense. Like, he would have given him two antlers. Like, even two little tiny antlers would have made more sense than the one big antler. Without the context. Without the context of it. Um, So, yeah. So, just, you know, that was a missed opportunity to just have that scene done the same way. I, I did like the way that they had him give... Max like a pep talk of like you're the you're a sturdy little dog you're so loyal and you're wonderful and he gives him this cool pep talk so Max is actually excited 
to be the reindeer and he actually can pull the sleigh because he's so excited to be you know useful to the Grinch and I did like that and I but I don't think that having the antler thing the antler bit in there would have taken away from it so yeah. I don't see why they didn't do it yeah but I did like <clears throat> and we both discussed we like that this version of the Grinch was really nice to Max the he dog was. yeah very he sweet. was He's, like, mean to him one time when he's playing the drums, and then Max gets mad at him, and then he comes and he immediately apologizes and says, okay, Max, what do you want to do? And they go and do an activity that Max wants to do, which is play chess, and then, of course, he cheats him. <laughs> but it's, you know, like, he's having fun with Max. And then he gets Max a chew toy at the end, and it's all sweet. I really like his relationship with Max in this one way more, especially than the live-action one. Because in the live-action one... He's actually super mean to Max. <laughs> like, I don't like the way he treats him in this, in the live action one. In the cartoon, it yeah, he's not super nice to him, but it's short enough that there's not enough in there to really make you feel bad for Max. The Grinch has really strong ankles because <laughs> he jumps off the cliff, grabs the sleigh, and then is like holding on with his feet, and then um. Fred comes, or, or like the cliff is falling, so Fred comes, grabs the grappling hook, and pulls, and the Grinch is like literally holding the sleigh up with his ankles. <laughs> I he's a Grinch, he's not a human. They right. could have supernaturally strong ankles. Really, they can. He could be, he could have Herculean <laughs> strength. For all we, know. we don't know any Grinches. <laughs> right. Well, because like in the little one, he gets the strength of ten Grinches and lifts it up himself. Um, but in this version, he, you know, we have the subplot with the reindeer, so I thought that was funny that instead of him having the strength, it's the reindeer has the strength and he just has ridiculously strong ankles. That was just a little funny. Oh, and then the reindeer has like ridiculously strong teeth because the mom and the baby and Max all help, but they help by pulling on his tail, not by like grabbing the grappling hook. So it's all in the teeth of the reindeer and the ankles of the Grinch. And I just think that that needs to be mentioned. <laughs> like, we just, we just need to know that the Grinch has really strong ankles and Fred has really strong teeth. Um, and then my last one is Cindy Lou comes to the Grinch's house and invites him to Christmas dinner, even though he stole all of their stuff. And she invites him anyway. And then she tells him to bring his dog. She jumps onto her little inner tube and goes going sliding down the mountain mountain and there are no footprints in the snow behind her so how did she get up there <laughs> like, somehow she got her inner tube her hockey stick and herself up there without ever touching the snow so that was just a little continuity error um and then she invites the Grinch the Grinch comes they have a cute little scene where he's afraid to answer the doorbell that is very um is very true to social anxiety and I thought that they did that very well and also and then he gives a speech about how he didn't actually hate Christmas he hated being alone and now he's not alone because of what Cindy Lou did and all of his friends and then the guy that is not his friend but is his friend is just like oh you're my friend and that's my best friend right there you know like I'm very happy about it so it, it ends really well I, I I really enjoy this movie I love it I think I still love the original cartoon the best, but I think this is a very strong second. And I will definitely have it <laughs> in my house. And it's no longer on Netflix, but you can get it on other streaming services for a cost. Um, if you don't get it in HD, it's $2.99 on Prime. 
or $3.99 if you want the HD, which I think it's worth it. Yeah, so do I. Especially if yeah. like, you're looking for a fun family movie, maybe a new one that you guys haven't seen yet. Yeah, I'm not telling you how to spend your money, but I do think this is worth it. <laughs> for especially $2.99. So definitely worth it. Good Christmas movie. Or just start a petition for Netflix to bring it back because here's the thing. Netflix had it. And yeah. they took it down. Yeah, today. <laughs> which, the day that we, the day the that day we, that we are, are recording. recording uh, which is Saturday, December 5th, in case you wanted to know. Yeah. So they took it off because you watched it last night on the yeah. 4th of December. And I, yeah, yeah, I checked this morning to see if it was still there and it wasn't. Yeah, so it, it, I must have finished it right, because I finished it right at midnight. So it was probably taken off, taken right, off after. right after I finished it. Yeah, and luckily I watched the movie earlier as well, so. But it is a great movie. I really enjoy it. Highly recommend it. If we can't get it back on Netflix, then I would still recommend getting it on Prime or Hulu or whatever your streaming service is. And Benedict Cumberbatch did a really good job voicing the Grinch. I wouldn't have even known it was him if it weren't right. for the it's credits. Right, it's not Smaug. not smoke. <laughs> smoke. Smaug, smoke, however you say the dragon's name. It's, it's not smog. Sherlock. It's always been Smaug, yeah. Smaug, Smaug. But they call him Smaug. 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 Yeah, it's not Smog, it's not Sherlock, it, it's a very distinct voice, and I really, yeah, everybody did a good job in this. Oh, absolutely. Alright, well, I'm Taya. I'm Laura. And we are your Little Sisters Productions. Bye! Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Your Little Sisters Productions, Missed Opportunities. We are talking about 17 again, which is a Zach off. Uh, Zach, wow, okay. <laughs> Zach, Zach, Zach Efron movie from 2009. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's called 17 again. Um, do you want to do a summary or do you want me to? I'll do the summary. So it's basically about this man in his 30, I'm guessing 30s because of things in the movie for time. Anyway, but he's married, he has two kids, and he's currently actually bunking with his best friend because his wife wants to divorce him and take custody of the kids from him. And he also, at the beginning of the movie, loses his job, so he really has nothing going for him. Now, he, in high school, was a really big basketball star. He could have made it all the way to college. There was a scout there at this big game. But at the big game, he found out that his girlfriend, who's now his soon-to-be ex-wife, was pregnant. And so he chose to leave the court and go and be married to her and be a husband and a father instead of pursuing his basketball dreams. Apparently, he regrets that decision because after he loses everything, he goes back to the high school and he's looking at the old glory day photos of himself and he comes across this old janitor. And the old janitor is like, oh, I know you. You're one of those people who peaked in high school and hasn't really lived up your, to your potential since then. And he's like, yeah, like I do anything to go back there. And the janitor kind of looks and, you know, you know, something's going to happen. It's like a it's a wonderful life kind of a deal almost where you get a kind of a chance to look at your life if it could be different. So he falls off a bridge. Now, this is I actually missed this one part. There's only this one scene because I have a toddler. But somehow he falls off a bridge, right, Taya? 
no, he sees the um the, he sees the janitor about to jump off the bridge, and so he stops his car. He runs over, but the janitor's already gone. So he leans over the bridge, trying to yell at him. But there's like this vortex thing, and oh, then he tries wrong. he tries to get off the bridge, but he ends up falling into the vortex thing. Okay, so yeah, that was the only part of the movie I missed because my toddler was doing who knows what, but I was stopping her from dying, and <laughs> as you do with toddlers, so. He falls into the vortex and he wakes up and he is 17 again, just like the name of the movie. Basically, he goes through the whole movie, uh, wants to go back to high school, changes his name from Mike originally to Mark. So you'll notice we'll say Mike for the adult him and Mark for the 17-year-old him because that's how they distinguish him in the movie. But he ends up going to the same high school as his kids and gets into all these shenanigans. At first, he thinks it's his chance to you know, become a basketball star again. But then he sees his kids and he decides, you know what? No, I'm here to help my kids through high school. So he starts helping his kids through things, but everything kind of blows up in his face again, or so he thinks. And he decides yet again, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to go for a full basketball scholarship. I'm getting a second chance at life and I'm taking it. Only to then at the end, his wife realizes what has happened through a long series of events that we'll talk about. And she starts to leave the basketball game because she's freaked out at what's happening. And for the second time in his life, he's playing a big game. There's a scout there. This is his chance. And he sees the woman that he loves leaving. And he goes off the court, gives the basketball to his son, and goes after her. And it ends happy. He goes through like this little vortex thing again and becomes his normal 30-something-year-old self and ends up at the very, very end becoming the basketball coach of that high school where he was playing before. So we, I left a lot of like small details out because we will get into those as we talk about the movie. But that's ba- the basic premise is he falls through this vortex because of a janitor who's really some sort of spirit guide angel, becomes 17 again, and learns a lot of life lessons and reunites his family. 